Hey, Night Elves. Welcome to episode 16. Oh my god, is this episode 16? It is. I'm so impressed with us, I can't even. Anyways, this episode, um, because February is Black History Month, so we decided to do authors of color. Not that that's something I necessarily pay attention to when I pick authors, but this time I intentionally picked an author of color. Yeah, I found that when I look at my authors, they are typically white. I just think that population-wise, there are a lot of white authors, so that makes it hard. Maybe it's a genre thing. That could be, but I think I have a pretty good mix, men to female, male to female, but... Yeah, me too. Like, almost all of mine are white people. Anyways, this is Krista. And I'm Rachel. And, uh, yeah, welcome to Isn't It Past Your Bedtime? Woo! So, uh, I guess I'll just start with my book, if that's cool with you. Yeah, we do have just a quite tiny little note for folks. We are doing a marathon recording for this episode. So if we get a little loopy... I'm so sorry, we're like three hours into recording. It has nothing to do with the bottle of wine we've each drank. I don't want to talk about it. But it's because our lives are just really busy. So when we have time to sit down and marathon record, we do. Because also we're minor, just really committed. Minor technique, cans of wine. So it's classier. Bottle. Well, two cans equal one bottle. I learned Is it that, classier? Is it? Well, I learned that the day that I drank four cans in a night. And then finally looked and was like, oh, that's two bottles of wine. Oops. Whoops. I didn't even know that about cans. Hmm, mm-hmm. Noted. Yep. Anyways. Anyways. Right on right. in. I will start with mine. I will start off by saying I I did really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It's basically around a a Nigerian family. And so I had a a hard time getting into it at first, but only because there's so many different names. Oh, yes. And they're not like familiar names. So I had a really hard time like keeping track at first and then quite understanding because I do think that a lot of what happens in this, and I, I could totally be wrong, but I do think that some of a lot to some somewhere in that range of what happens in this is based on like lore, like cultural oh, lore okay. of like how people become people. Okay. Um, so I think that at the beginning I had a hard time kind of getting into the characters and like who everybody was. And I did listen to this as an audiobook, so it could be different as like a, a physical book, although I think maybe the audiobook might be easier considering the circumstances here. So we'll talk about this a little. I will say that I have not quite finished this audiobook. I have like looking at it right now, two hours and forty-nine minutes left. But I'm gonna guess that's more like two hours and 30 tops because you know they do all those credits at the end oh yeah and if you listen at like more than the one right and so much has already happened so i listened to this one on my commute which has been pretty long lately (laughs) and this isn't a particularly long one i think it's like six to six to eight hours audiobook wise i don't know that i give i think i've only ever used one credit for a book under eight really yeah it's like some weird thing like so blake turned like he said it one day and ever since then, I'm like, you're right. I shouldn't use wasted credit on something. The only one that did was the um, Call Me God for that um, mm. true crime one that we did, which was super good. And I highly recommend it. But yeah, like anything that's under eight, I have to be like, do I really, really want this book? 
Yeah, I, I you know, know, I hadn't thought weird. about length. I just look at how much the list price is. Like, is the list mm. price more than my credit was worth? That's oh, what I look at. That's true. I think the only time I ever look at that is when they have those sales and it's like the mm. books on sale for five bucks. But I have a oh. credit. I'll just spend the five. Yeah. I just know that the credit is worth 15. And so if the book itself would be more than that, I will purchase it. But if it's yeah. under that, I won't. Oh, yeah. I've never, I've literally, other than the ones that are on sale for five, I've never even noticed. Or I'm going to see, I'm going to start looking at that too. See, there's so many factors. I'm going to start stacking up credits again because I won't commit. Anyways, so yes. what I ended up listening to was Fresh Water by, and I'm very sorry if I don't get this name quite right. I listened to it a few times trying to get it right, but I mean, it's a tough one. All of these names are Nigerian for the most part. There are some like English names, whatever, but mm -hmm. the, the main characters. <clears throat> so it's by Awake Emezi. And I'm pretty sure that's accurate. That sounds like it could be. Awake Emezi. Okay. I, I think it's pretty. Like, Oh, yeah. I actually really like the, her name, but I hope I'm saying it correctly. <clears throat> Anyways, so this book is... I don't even know how to begin. I mean, I know how the book begins, but like, how do I begin to explain this concept? So basically this book follows... I, I'm pretty sure it's Ada because that's how the... I think the author is also the narrator. If I oh, recall correctly. So like that does that help. Like that. I yeah. really like that, especially like this one, because I said it was kind of complicated. So I think in this case, it was particularly useful to have the author be the narrator. Mm -hmm. um, so Ada, um, it basically follows her from conception to like probably her mid 20s. Like I said, I haven't quite finished it, but based on the trajectory, I would guess probably her mid 20s or so. Mm -hmm. um, but it basically talks about how people, before their people, are spirit right? Okay. They're gods who oh. get put into bodies and the gate between human and God is closed and you are one human and you've forgotten your God past. Okay. So that part's gone, right? You don't mm -hmm. remember that. Like that, that, that tracks. I can, I can follow that. Yeah. I feel like I've heard that before. In Otto's case, the door didn't close. Oh. So Ada does not remember that she is a God. And there's also Ashugara, okay. who is the other god that lives within her. So a lot of the narration is done by, I think it's Ashugara, okay. the other god. And she refers to them as we. Okay, so, so it's both of them. So there's yes. Ada and Ashugara. And Ada is the flesh body. Okay, but then both like Ashugara spirits or um, and they basically describe themselves living in her head behind her eyes in a marble room. Okay, I think I follow. Essentially, essentially. okay, right. So it's kind of hard to kind of like get into the concept is what I'm talking about here. Yeah, like it's I, that's why I think a lot like there's some of it here that's definitely like African like lore stories that I don't know. Yeah, because we didn't grow up with those kind of stories. Exactly. So yeah. it did take me a little while to get into it, but I, I am really enjoying it. So I will explain to you up until the point that I'm at. Okay. So basically, when Ada is born, she hasn't named um, Ashugara yet. She hasn't named her. There's okay. also another one. I think it's St. Victor. Um, but they're just in the background. So Ashugara explains it as they're not born yet. How they exist in her world and they cannot get back to their own and they start to forget how to get back to their own. But 
they can see what's happening in Ada's life. Okay. Essentially. So Ada begins her life in Southern Nigeria, I believe. And she's got two parents and a sibling and she's always kind of known that there was something off. And as she ages, she does start to like converse with them Mm -hmm. internally, but doesn't ever tell anybody. Um, Her parents go through a divorce. And so like throughout each of the traumatic events in Ada's life, just like you would with schizophrenia, Mm -hmm. like the, the personalities kind of become more active essentially like they become more part of your life so when when ada is younger like ashigara just exists she she's not named well it's not really a she it's just like it because it's a god it's not named it just observes we the we. we okay the we yes yes so the we basically just exists as part of ada's person but they're not they don't have any input. They just watch, basically. They watch yeah. her grow. They see her experiences happen, like, throughout her life. They see how her parents' divorce, like, kind of changes her a little bit because her mother leaves, basically, and doesn't – it's not that she doesn't want to be with them. It's just how the divorce works, and her mom moves to London, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, just basically how, like, the experiences that people have in life kind of build who they become. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of think that's the entire point to this entire story. And I don't necessarily think it's like a schizophrenia thing, although it kind of comes across as that, as yeah. different personalities. But it's also like different feelings and emotions having their own life. You know, like how sometimes if you feel overwhelmingly in this way, you might feel like that emotion takes on a life of its own. Like, have you ever felt like that? Like overly empowered with an emotion where you're just like I don't know who I am right now but like this is yeah yeah like yeah we're like I've had like one time where like this one thing happened and I was just so anxious that I was like I know that I'm not normally this way but this is who I am now in this moment and it's it's scary when you can recognize that sometimes right so this this book kind of frames that kind of feeling as like multiple not necessarily personalities but they're not like personalities of Ada they're like complete sentient entities Okay, yeah. Like, they're, com- they're complete entities. They're two like she, she explains that she's not flesh. Like, uh, Ashigara explains that she's not flesh, but she is the self. Like, she just is. That feels very Freudian. Yeah, exactly. So that's why it's, like, it's kind of, like, talking about schizophrenia, but also talking about how people have multiple selves. hmm But they get awakened depending on your experiences. So basically, um, Ada is extremely smart and she ends up going to college really early in life. She doesn't really have a lot to do with her sister as she kind of ages. I think they kind of grow apart. I'm not super sure what happened there because I was trying to understand the personality situation. Mm -hmm. The sister wasn't really central. So Ada ends up going to college. I'm pretty sure, I think it's America. I think she's in America for college. I'm not going to lie, the location and stuff, I really wasn't paying attention to. I was really just trying to figure out how the personalities and stuff worked. Just yeah, that's kind of complex. Yeah, it sounds like a big part of it. Location yeah, seems like kind have, of irrelevant to me. Yeah, you have to kind of know, like, what that basic part is before you can figure out the rest of the story. Right, exactly. So I'm pretty sure that she ended up going to college in America, but she was young, right? So she ended up, like, kind of banding together with, like, some of the other international students, like the other black students. Because, I mean, 
yeah, you know, that happens. Like you, you tend towards people who have similar interests or backgrounds to you. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like who she ends up like gravitating towards at first. And then they like didn't really get along because like she was only 16 and they would like make like sexual jokes about her. Oh. But like Ashugara explains really early on that Ada does not have sexual desire. Like okay. Ada herself does not. Mm-hmm. But Ashugara does. so that's kind of where the whole emotion piece comes in it's like ashugara is very much like the hunger Hmm. you know okay yeah so i think that's really interesting um so ada's going through college like she does pretty well like she doesn't really date because she knows she's not really particularly interested and also she's too young realistically yeah, like legally she can't. Like, really. like legally she can't do anything anyway, and she's not interested. So, like, it doesn't really matter. It's kind of all irrelevant. Um, <clears throat> but she does become of age, and she starts seeing this guy Soren, and they start seeing each other for like quite a while. And like, they spend a lot of time like in her dorm, you know, like sleeping and snuggling. And like, at first he's like cool with that, but like he's kind of moody, mm-hmm. and like she knows that he has these like angry streaks, but she always just felt like it was just her job to like help him through it. No. And that it was just, like, part of who he was, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> We've all been there. Um, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. So, classic. She's mm-hmm. young. She's never been in a relationship. She doesn't really know. And then they start getting to the point where he's insisting on sex. And she's like, no, like, I don't do that. Like, I'm committed to my religion. Like, that's kind of how, she, like, Ada, because Ada doesn't at this point, she's, at this point, because she's in college, she's spoken to the we mm-hmm. in her head, but she's never said it out loud to other people. And they haven't had their own personalities. They haven't been able to take over who she is. Okay. They haven't been able to, like, lock Ada away in the marble room and take over her body yet. Oh, that sounds terrifying. That sounds terrifying, but that's schizophrenia. Yeah. Shit. Okay. Yeah. So, at this point, she's basically, like, trying to navigate life, knowing that she is different than everybody else. And in a new place where none of her family is, and she's younger than every, all of her peers, and she's been seeing a boy for a really long time. I guess he's a man, but whatever, they're boys. They're all children right now. They're in college. They're all children. They're in college, basically. <laughs> That's how I feel. We're old enough now. They're children. Calling children, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've, we've gotten that right. Uh, anyways, and so I think they move in together or something. I don't remember this exactly. The exact, I was kind of horrified by how it all turns out. We are going to do a trigger warning for this episode. There, There is rape. Um, basically, Ada describes that she wakes up one morning and she was like, I don't remember consenting. Like, But he, it's kind of gross, but also not. Like, the author did a good job of this. Like, they say he released a cloud inside her. Okay. So, like, you know what it is, but they didn't you go into graphic detail. You know what it is, detail. but they didn't really go into in, into it. But that's and that, that makes is sense. how Ashugara explains it. Yeah, and that would make sense coming from somebody who's kind of, like, locked behind the eyes and just experiences right. the body and part. Yeah. that's how she explains what happens. Okay. So that's how Ashugara explains it. But basically, he, he rapes her. He does something when she's not conscious. She's not aware. She did not consent. She's repeatedly not consented. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> and so Ashugara at that point is born. She's birthed. Mm. Because Ashugara comes forward to defend Ada from having to experience that ever again. Which is often how multiple personalities come out. 
yeah, you have the one who comes to protect the to protect. So Ashugara at this point promises Ada that she will never again be present for sex. Okay. So Ada, thinking she loves Soren because she's nineteen, eighteen, and stupid. Mm-hmm. Continues to be with him, but every time sex comes up, so every night, Ashugara takes over. So the way they explain it is that Ashugara like seats herself inside of Ada mm-hmm. and becomes her and sees through her eyes. Okay. So and like then, at this point, but yeah. then Ada doesn't have to because so Ada locks Ashugara- herself in the marble room and doesn't have to look. Although when Ashugara is in the marble room, she can see or no? She can see if she chooses to. Oh, so okay. she basically talks about her like Ada's eyes like a window. Okay, like she so could go and stand at the window during the day if she wants to, but she doesn't have to. Okay. So basically Ada goes and hides and huddles in a corner while Ashugara takes over her body and does the deeds. Oh, okay. So Ada enjoys this because Ada is the hunger, basically. Mm. Like Ashugara, bless. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Ashugara. Sorry, it's a lot of names. Yeah, Um, it really is. Yeah. So Ashugara, being the hunger, it kind of enjoys this, and so like, in a lot of ways, you can see how Ashugara like influences Ada's decisions on like who she's going to be with and who she's not going to be with. So when they finally like end things with Soren, like they go for this other guy that like Ada's like actually into, but then like Ashugara reaches into his pants and was like, no, I don't like the man with the slim penis. We're out. I can't work with this. <laughs> like, so she's basically lust, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like she basically is. And so in a lot of ways it's multiple personalities in a lot of ways. It's just like how you're, emotions and like deep-seated feelings really root like mm-hmm. it's just explained really well in this um <clears throat> anyway so that that is how ashugara comes to life she describes herself as being birthed and she becomes named and once you're named you are real okay so she now sure. believes herself to be real so she often controls ada and she like gets ada's long beautiful brown hair cut off really short and wears like really dark heavy makeup so it's like a goth phase yeah well yeah everyone goes through one everyone goes through that like edgy i'm gonna just be a rebel phase i mean i wore 19 layers of eyeliner oh mine was the eyeliner Mm. one and now it's not even i think it was five minutes of just my parents were real controlling over that so that wasn't really an option for me i wore clear mascara until high school i didn't do any of this until high school though yeah i didn't wear any makeup. oh that's fair so Anyways, <clears throat> so once Ashugara is born, like, Ada's life becomes a little bit more chaotic. Like, she goes and, uh, so they break up with Soren eventually. And she goes on, like, vacation to go see some family friends in which she starts sleeping with the youngest boy in the family. Just because she can. Because Ashugara is now alive and interested. And this guy is naive and easy to manipulate and interested in her and gives her what she wants. Um, and, uh, there's just, I'm just trying to figure out where to go next. Honestly, like this book is just like kind of chaotic. Um, cause it, it also jumps around like timeline wise. So oh. like, it's kind of hard to explain it linearly. Yeah. Um, because it does jump like kind of back and forth between like something that happened before to Ada to something that's currently happening right now, because it will like go back to explain this family that they're friends with to explain how Ashugara sleeping with the youngest 
brother is a problem. Okay. So, like, she's really close with this family, and so this family, like, basically doesn't think that anything weird is happening, but just that, like, oh, you guys don't realize that you cuddling in this room comes across as, like, something's happening. And, like, Ashugara, I think that's really hilarious, and Ada's horrified. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so there's a lot of, like, internal battle going on between, like, Ada and Ashugara because Ada, like, wants to do the right thing. And, like, be this good girl, but Ashugara sometimes is like, no, like, you've got to bare your teeth, like, you've got to do what you need to do, like, to survive mm-hmm. in a lot of these situations, and, like, she kind of steers her in, like, a little more bold directions than I think Otto would necessarily go with her life. Um, <clears throat> Otto does have, like, a serious relationship with a boy. Okay. Um, with a man, uh, I think it's Ewan. I think he's an Irish boy or something like that. So, like, this guy has is, like, much older than her. So, Ada's only, like, 19, and this guy's, like, 27. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's a pretty big age difference at that at that age in your life. Yeah. Um, and this guy has, like, a long-distance girlfriend. But, like, and so, like, Ada is, like, falling for this guy. But, like, Ashugara is trying to be, like, no, like, you can't. Like, yeah. it doesn't really work that way. But she also wants to support Ada. Okay. So the door between Ashugara's world and us and, and Ada basically is still open, mm-hmm. but she just lost her way back. And it wasn't supposed to, right? It's supposed to close. Right. But she's okay. only here because she got trapped on this side when Ada was born and she became committed basically. And she oh. wanted to be here for Ada okay. and her brother sisters, which is how she describes the other gods before they are flesh. Uh-huh. Like some of them are mad at her for it. So like she can still communicate have, with them. Kind of. Okay. Like, they don't talk about direct communication, really, but it's more like she's just aware that they're angry. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes because sense. she's forgotten her way back. Yeah. So, like, she's here at this point to support and be here for Ada, but she also knows that these aren't her people and this isn't her world. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's kind of complicated. Um, but there's also a third we. Oh. Saint yeah, Vincent, Saint- I believe. Yeah. Yes. So, Saint Vincent, I'm pretty sure, is this guy's name. And so he's a man. Yeah. So he brings Ada to like weird places in her dreams where she like imagines becoming a man and like his influence within her makes her like hit on and approach a woman, which Hmm. Ada herself is generally into men. So I feel like he in general is like either penis envy (laughs) or like, like bisexuality. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like, like the bicurious side, like are you sure how you want to be is what you want to be. Like here are other right. things you haven't thought of. So he never like can seat himself within Ada. Yeah. So he's always in the marble room and he's always in the background. But every now and then he will like be more active, and Ashugara will like interact with him. Mm-hmm. But like he doesn't really do anything other than influence Ada's dreams for the most part. Like I said, I still have two and a half hours left, so maybe he does something wild at the end. Yeah. But thus far, he doesn't really do a lot. So he's not like a huge part of her personality, but he's like a piece of it that every now and then is enough that he influences how Ada interacts with her world. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really interesting that they added a male third person. I mean, that can happen with, like, the multi-personalities. It absolutely can. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, that was pretty interesting. Um, I'm getting to a part in the book where 
others from Ashugara's world have showed up. Oh. They've come and visited her in the marble room. Oh. And they're tricksters. Oh, that's not, that doesn't sound like a good idea. I'm really, I'm honestly like looking forward to my next drive into work because I'm curious how this pans out. Yeah. I just listened to it before bed, but I'm worried I'm going to fall asleep just out of pure exhaustion. Do you know what I mean? And then like miss a chunk and I have to rewind. That's why I haven't listened to it before bed. He's going to drop the bookmark when you go to fall asleep. So that way you know. (gasps) That's a good idea. Yeah. Where I stopped. Yeah. I do that like. Because, like, you can start where you're, like, kind of awake, and as soon as I start to fall asleep, I drop the bookmark, so that way you have at least That's an idea where to go back. Brilliant. I'll do that tonight, because I honestly want to know where this goes next. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but basically, like, they start visiting her, and they're like, why are you still here? Like, have you forgotten who you are? And they start, like, trying to explain to her, like, how to get back to the god world. Mm. But, oh. like... Shugara kind of wants to stay because, like, she's pretty committed to Ada at this point because Ada has been, like, all over the damn place. Yeah. Like, she started dating, like, that that boy in the family that was, like, her family, but they're not, like, actually biologically related. His older brother, she started dating him, too, because, but he was, like, denying her advances and making Ashugara really upset. Mm -hmm. And so then she started, like, just sleeping with, like, randos, and I just, like... A lot is really starting to happen in these last, like, two hours, and so I'm kind of bummed that I haven't listened to them yet to tell you, but my commute is only so long. Well, and you can always (laughs) tell us on the next episode. We can do, like, a little... I really can, but what I'm really enjoying about this is just, like, there's just so many different interpretations, like, of how these different personalities are affecting her, I feel like. And like, like I said, it's like, it could just be like straight up mental illness. It could just be like how you deal with trauma and emotions and stuff as you age. Like there's just a lot of different factors here. Yeah. So it's a, a very complex book and it's definitely a thinker. But now that I've gotten into it, like I'm pretty committed to figuring out how it ends. Yeah. Now that you kind of figured out what's going on and stuff. Yes. So yeah. I would absolutely recommend this book. Okay. What was it called again? Hold on. Freshwater. That's right. Okay. By Awake Emezi. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So okay. I listened to it as an audiobook. Um, as far as remembering people's names, I would definitely suggest either looking them up if you listen to it <laughs> in an audiobook, because I had to look them up because I didn't like have any reference. Because in my mind, I usually like see people's names. Yeah. Like, that's how I can remember people's names. And you're like, oh, that's the it. AW name, and that's the L whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or just read the actual book. So um, I did very much enjoy this book so far, and I'm looking forward to finishing it, but it's very complex. Yeah, I'm excited to see how they wrap that one up and what they do with it on the next I'm not sure. I, I really hope Audie gets it together because, I mean, there's definitely been trigger warning self-harm. There's definitely been a lot of, like, her trying to figure out what's wrong with her. Oh, that's And, like, she would, would, like, get angry and break mirrors and, like, her roommates would come and find her, like, having completely cut her arms. Like, it's, it's been really, like, it's been a rough journey for Ada because she, she knew they were there, but she didn't. Like, and I can imagine that that would be like that for anyone experiencing another personality inside of themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, Yeah. So I just, I felt like it was a really good, like, kind of coming to age book, but also, like, deep insight to the human psyche, but also probably a little bit of, like, lore going on. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's really interesting. 
it was very complex, but it was totally like outside of my normal scope, but worth worth the listen. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and jump in on mine unless you had anything else you wanted to Nope, that was it. Okay. So mine uh is kind of like totally different. So when I so I it was my idea to do the authors of color because I was originally gonna do American Dirt, which recently came out in like towards middle January or something like that. It was an Oprah pick. And then so much backlash came of it. And then I just decided I didn't want to read it. So I was looking up uh, different authors and I came up upon this guy. His name is Jason Reynolds. Um, And one of the reasons that I picked him, so he has, I think like four books. One of them is a kid's book. Um, but what I found really interesting about him when I was kind of researching, so really I think actually where I found his name now that I think about it, is um, the last episode that I that we did when I was doing that Jodie Bacolt one about um, the black Ellen Deaners with the uh, skinhead family. In the oh, end of her uh, book, right. she had a whole thing, like she had an entire list of like, she was like, if you want to like learn more about race, she was like, first thing you can do, she was like, read books by authors of color. And so Jason Reynolds was listed as one of them. And something when I started researching him that I found super interesting was that, uh, so he originally got super into like writing raps and stuff, but he didn't read his first book until he was 17. Oh my God. What? Yeah. Right. And now he's like a really well-known author. I don't know about well-known, but he's like an author. He, so this book that I did, he was a P honor book winner or something like that he's a national book award finalist like he's won like like all of his books have won all kinds of awards or been nominated for all kinds of things and it's just like dude didn't freaking read a book till he was 17 like it's just my mind is blown my life would be so different if i had never read a book until i was 17 yeah so i'm also like so one i'm just gonna tell more about also how did you pass school i don't no don't look too deep all right yeah so i don't know how much he necessarily did but so like the little blurb about him like how they always have little blurbs about authors um his starts out with jason reynolds is crazy about stories jason reynolds is also tired of being around young people who are tired of feeling invisible so he writes books a bunch of books which makes me think he has more than the four that i found but um he's won some awards but none of them are as important as a young person saying they feel seen the more that happens, the less tired Jason is. But either way, he'll still be crazy about stories about you. So, like, basically all of his books, like, his dedication page, too, like, you'll figure out here in a minute why I'm also kind of talking about him, because my book, I'll say this right now, I read this book in 45 minutes. Oh, my God, I'm this so impressed. has, let's see, how many pages here? This book has 306 pages that I read in 45 minutes. So there's that. Um, but so his dedication page is for all the young brothers and sisters in detention centers around the country, the ones I've seen and the ones I haven't, you are loved. So the reason that I picked this one, so this book is called Long Way Down. And the reason I picked this one over, there's another one of his, because once I read about the fact that he didn't read a book until he was 17, I was hooked and I was like, I'm reading one of his books. I'm super intrigued, yeah. Um, but the whole reason I picked his book is the entire book happens in 60 seconds. What? Oh, like over a it span? Sets. It's a span of 60 seconds. 
That's yeah. insane. I'm so, so stoked. Yeah. So the little blurb is 60 seconds, seven floors, three rules, one gun. So what happens? And so the main character here is this kid named Will and he's 15 and his older brother, Sean has been shot dead. Uh, Will feels the sadness so great. He can't explain it, but in his neighborhood, there are the rules and the rules are no, also you're laughing because I said he was shot dead, but that's literally what the little blurb in the book says. <laughs> I, it was the way you did it. I'm so glad that was a new why. Because shot dead. <laughs> It'll make more sense when I start talking more about the book. It's okay. fine. It was just funny the yeah. way you did. So yeah, so in this neighborhood, so there's three rules, and the rules are number one, no crying, don't, no matter what. Two is snitching or no snitching, don't no matter what. And number three is revenge. Do no matter what. So the book starts out and I guess technically the entire book doesn't start, doesn't span over 60 seconds because the very beginning of the book is talking about uh, how Will's brother got shot. But here, I'm going to show you the book and I'm going to add some of these pages in on the Instagram just so everyone can get a look at it. Um, but basically all the pages are kind of written like little poems like each page that. probably has like yeah it's totally to 20 like pages format. yeah so it has 306 pages but like i said i read it in 45 minutes and i'm a quick reader but i'm not that quick of a reader um not these days yeah seriously but yeah so it starts out about and like will is hanging out with his buddy i think his friend's name's tony um and they're just like kind of hanging out and he's talking about how his name is will or his full name is william holloman but everyone just calls him will only his mother calls him william um and then his brother sean calls him william if he's trying to make fun of him but he's hanging out with his buddies. every other boy named will yeah seriously i was like that's a standard family thing right there um but so yeah he's hanging out with his friend named tony and they're talking about um there's like kind of hanging out on their block talking about if they're gonna get any taller because now they're 15 just normal child stuff and then all of a sudden they hear the like boom boom of a gun um and so then everyone so this is what it says this is one of the pages um and then there were shots everybody ran ducked hid tucked themselves tight so it goes on this whole thing about how like this is like totally normal in their neighborhood like people get shot you lay down you hide the cops come you don't cry, you don't st snitch, so it's the first two rules, um, and then you get revenge. And so then there's always sirens, sirens always come, they always show up after somebody shot all these things. So then you kind of get into the 60 seconds of the book. And so what it is, is that, so Will shares a room with his brother, Sean. Uh, his brother, I think is like 18 or 19 or something like that. Um, and he's got his dresser drawer, and so Will's side of the room is, like, super messy, kind of standard 15-year-old. And Sean's side of the room is, like, completely perfect, except for the middle drawer of his dresser, which is kind of, like, kind of off hinges, little cattywampus, because that's where he keeps his gun. Yeah. So oh, really? No. Yeah. So Will gets up the morning after his brother is shot, and he gets in the dresser, he pulls it open, and he gets the gun, uh, because rule number three you get revenge. And the whole reason Sean was on the corner that he was on when he got shot is because their mom has eskima. No, that's not how you say it. How do you say that? 
the like flaky skin when you're like your skin is super eczema eczema that's the one so their mom has that and the only lotion that works is at this corner store and this corner store is in um it's the dead suns s-u-n like sunshine um it's in their territory so sean has gone over there to get the lotion for his mom and is walking back um so of course like their mom blames herself because if she didn't need the lotion her son wouldn't have been shot da, 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 da. so uh will does the only thing that he knows and he goes and he goes to get revenge because he's like he's like i know who shot him it was a kid named riggs he was the one it had to have been him he's the one who shot him um and so like he has a whole thing where he's like reasons that i thought knew breaks to kill sean so the first one is the turf where um it's like, you know, he was on his turf. He was in their area. The second or, and then rule or number 1.1 as to why he knows is uh, survival tactics. So to be able to get in with the dark suns, uh, you either get down with somebody or you get beat down. Uh, number two is crime shows. This is how he knows that Riggs did it is that he always, he grew up watching crime shows with his mother and he always knew the killer did before the cops on the TV show, which I just want to um, be like, honey. I love crime shows. Excuse me. I watched them constantly growing up. Yeah, I was like, honey, everyone can figure out the killer in a TV show. It's always uh, the second person. Yeah. And then number three, the number three reason that he knew it had to be Riggs is literally, says number three, dot, 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 had to be. So, so he's Obviously. never like touched a gun, never done anything like that, but he goes and he gets the gun out of uh, his brother's, the drawer there, uh, and he gets onto the elevator and they live up on the eighth floor of the elevator so he like hits the lobby and he starts to head down um and he kind of starts this whole book of telling you he's like he's like do you believe in ghosts and he's like he's like you don't you're not gonna believe me that all this happened he's like but trust me like this happened i know it did like you say whatever you want but it happened so it the uh it stops on the seventh floor and on the seventh floor this guy gets on and he ends up lighting up a cigarette and he's like dude you can't like smoke in an elevator like what the heck and the guy's like oh you, you don't like recognize me like really like he's like no not really um and then he kind of turns to him and this kid the guy who gets on is wearing this shirt that says uh r.i.p buck you'll be missed forever and will realizes that the person wearing the shirt is buck it was this kid who was shot like a couple years before two years before something like that mm -hmm. um and so he's like like he's like are you trying to tell me that like you faked your own death like what the hell are you doing yeah. getting on this elevator and buck's like no nah, i'm dead like no nah, i was shot yeah that happened <laughs> that happened and yeah and so will is just like what like the hell he's so like of course like will is super fucking scared like or he's now seeing a ghost on his elevator here um and he's like he's so he thinks he's dreaming so he's like trying to pinch himself like do all these things that you would normally do like in a bad dream to try to wake yourself up um but of course none of it happens um so buck's like hey man like kid you don't need to be afraid like i took care of sean who's will's little brother he's like i took care of him when your dad died like i'll take care of you it's totally fine like um and so then um but yeah so will's like okay well why are you here you're dead like why am i talking to you and buck's like well i came to get my gun back and Will's like, what what gun? Because he has the gun tucked in his back waistband. So he's like, what gun, what gun are you talking about? I don't know nothing about no gun. That's fine. Uh, Buck's like, 
well, it's the god that I gave to your brother that now you have. This book's a ghost, so of course ghosts know everything. Duh. That's how ghosts work. I wish. I would love to know everything. Yeah. I don't know. Well, there are some things I don't need to know. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. For the most part, I'd like to know the things. Yeah. But yeah, so basically, Buck is like, starts smoking a cigarette, and he's just like, um, and he's like, well, like, you know the rule, or I think maybe Will Willa brings up the rules, and then he's like, well, yeah, Sean taught me the rules, and Buck's like, who did you think shot, like, taught Sean them? So, like, it was like, oh, my dad and Buck did. Um, so then it goes, and then the elevator stops on the sixth floor. And on the sixth floor, this girl gets on. And she's like, oh, hey, da, 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 da. And he's like, yeah, I don't know you. And she's like, I know you. And then Will, being like 15, he's like, ooh, Sean always taught me that if a girl you don't know says that she knows you, that means that she's been, like, watching you. And she's, like, interested. And so Will's getting all excited. Um, and then she's like, do you remember in, like, we were, I think they were, what, they were, like, seven or something. She's like, do you remember when we were seven and I kissed you? And she's, cause she's, he's sitting there and he's like, oh, oh this kind of looks like this girl named Danny that I used to know. And then she's like, it's like, yeah, like, but Danny had kissed him on the playground when they were like seven and they were playing on the monkey bars or something like that. And then she gets shot in a drive-by. Oh no. Oh my so this God. Is the, yeah. But now, but ghost Danny that he's seeing is like what she would look like at 15. So he's like, well, this is like the second ghost now that I'm seeing. And Danny also calls him out, like, questions about, like, the gun that he has and is like, okay, well, like, how do you, like, why do you know it was Riggs? Like, have you ever even, he's like, she's like, have you ever even touched a gun? Do you even know how mm. to shoot a gun? Like, what the hell are you? Because they used to be, they were best friends when they were seven. Right. So, like, the same way a best friend can seven. be, like, it's, like, the same way, though, like, if they were still best friends, if she had lived, of, like, they actually like what the fuck are you doing like but like your best on. friend when you were seven like what are they gonna be like like your favorite sandwich isn't still peanut butter and jelly <laughs> what? excuse me you don't like the strawberry jelly without the seeds come I on thought you liked grape yeah. oh they were they eight know each my, other at all my apologies as i'm flipping through they that's were eight. a totally different story You're yeah right. um but so then she's also starts smoking on the elevator um and, like, randomly, so, like, Will is actually, he's, like, pretty smart. Um, that's kind of, like, a thing that they say. And so, randomly in here, he talks about, like, anagrams and, like, how he's, like, really, like, that's one of his skills. His, like, two best things that he's at is, like, figuring out who the killer is in cop shows and making anagrams. So, like, randomly, they'll just, like, add anagrams. Like, anagram number two, feel equals flee. Like, and it just, like, oh. happens throughout the book. Okay. Um, but yeah, so then Danny, after she's like lit her cigarette, she's like, What do you need a gun for? And he was like, Well, like, you know, rule number three, gotta get revenge. And that's when she's like, Yeah, okay, you don't even really know what you're doing, Holmes, whatever. So then they're going down, and then the elevator stops on floor number five. So at this point, he's like, Okay, there's like all of this smoke in this freaking elevator. Like, this person getting on is either like, going to see all this smoke because they can see the ghost or they're going to see this 15 year old kid who's like coughing because of smoke and like trying to like fan away all this fake smoke so he's like kind of like either way this person is not going to want to get on this damn elevator and so then um the person who like gets on instantly like reaches through all the smoke and like puts them in like a headlock and everything and he's like what the actual heck uh and it ends up being his uncle mark 
but he's never really met his uncle Mark because uh, his uncle Mark died when he was super young. But there's like pictures all over his house about his uncle, and like he's all he's heard all of these stories. Uh, or I guess he has like two, two main stories about his uncle. So the first story is that he videotaped everything because his grandma gave his uncle this video camera and uh, he like filmed everything and he had these big plans. He was going to film a movie and everything. And the second story that he heard was about how his uncle lost that video camera and ended up like selling drugs on the corner and like taking over his corner and he got shot. Because um, like... I think his uncle had shot somebody, so that person was following rule number three to get revenge. Basically, this entire story... Why is there story, so much gun happening? So this entire story is just the cycle of people following the three rules. So somebody yeah, gets I killed, you can't cry, you can't snitch, you have to go get revenge. But now that I've killed you, your loved one has to come kill me, but now my loved one has to... like, And so it's it. the entire story is just that it's 106 pages in like very short like it's all like poems and stuff that's kind of crazy i feel like we both had kind of complex ones yeah um, keep was, going keep going yeah it was yeah this yeah so anyways okay so yeah his uncle mark um is like ends up like pulling the gun out from uh behind his pants and like holds it up to his head and or no that doesn't happen yet um his Wait, uncle mark yet. does pull out the gun though and he's like well how many bullets are in there like do you even know how to do it and he's like, okay, there's 15 bullets, but there should be 16. Will's like, huh, weird that there's one missing. I didn't know Sean ever used the gun. Whatever. Okay. And, like, kind of moves along. Um, it doesn't really think too much of it after that. And so then, and also I'm kind of jumping because, like, a lot of random small things happen. A lot of small conversations happen. Got it. Um, so then they're down. How do they have time for it in the 110 pages? Oh, so they do make a comment. It's 306 pages. Oh, I thought you said it was like a hundred and something. No, it's three hundred and six. Mm. Very long book of very teeny tiny little short blurbs. Um, Got it. Also, one of the things, so like a small little side note, because um, when I was researching this, I also found like a lot of teachers who like to teach this book. Um, and one of the things that they like to talk about is how he hadn't read a book till he was seventeen, and this is one that like can get kids who maybe hate reading because it's written in such a different style and is such a quick read and can maybe relate to some people who like live in these kind of communities who might actually be experiencing this like it actually gets them excited about reading right i mean everyone all you need to write i truly believe all you see that one book pulls you in and then you're like okay i agree like I could, it comes and goes for me yeah i could try a second i'll try something else so yeah so i i so i read a lot of reviews where like a lot of teachers were like this is like and his other stuff too jason reynolds um a lot of things they were like yeah, no, we have, like, a, like a lot of people like to teach his books and have their kids read their books. Um, so then he gets off the fourth one. He gets down to the fourth floor. And then the guy who walks on is his dad. And he has no memories of his father because his father was shot and killed when he was three years old. Oh, my but, God. Yeah, yeah, but he, like, hugs his dad, like, family, and has all these things. And so his dad is the one who, like, pulls out the gun and, like, holds it to his head. And Will is like, He's like, I was terrified. He was like, I mean, I need these, I know these are ghosts, but like ghosts can't move real guns and those aren't ghost bullets in that gun. Like what the actual hell? And his dad is like, okay, well like, so it says also like the same thing. He was like, like, what are you doing? Like, how do you know it was this guy who like killed your brother? Like, and also right. like why he was like, 
It's like, yeah, he's like, you know the story of how I was killed, but you don't know the story of me. And so then his dad goes and like tells the story because um, I think his, I think the uncle was killed first and then the dad goes to like kill uh, the guy who killed his uncle which is his um, yeah so that was what yeah so the uncle gets killed first and the uncle is his dad's brother and the uncle he you know the dad follows the rules no crying no stitching go get revenge and so he goes and he kills this guy is he waits around on the corner where the uncle had been working where he was killed because he's like well obviously the guy who killed him is going to come start working this corner so he sees a kid come up take over the corner sells some drugs and he goes and he shoots him puts shoots him three times he falls to the ground he puts a fourth one in him just because he's angry and then uh come to find out he killed the wrong guy oh no the kid he killed was a kid he was like 17 or something like that uh and just happened to be a lackey for the guy who had actually killed his brother that slash uncle brother slash uncle that's classy yeah well it's it's will's dad will's uncle it's just funny um but yeah so the dad is like like the whole time you can kind of like tell that the dad and the uncle are trying to be like so like why like how like you're positive that this rigs guy killed your brother like hey like i killed the wrong fucking guy and i got killed for it like um but yeah so then um he goes down so they go down to the third floor um and it's kind of oh yeah so this guy walks on and Will has no idea who the fuck this guy is. He's like, I don't know him. Like, what the actual hell? Like, what? And he, like, turns to Buck. And he's like, what does this guy have anything to do with me? Because, like, well, at first he doesn't say anything. Because the first this guy walks on, and he just stares straight ahead. So Will's like, is this, like, maybe he's a real hmm. person. Like, is he a real homie? Like, yeah. is, he's not, like, a ghost? Um, is this real? And then Buck keeps trying to get this guy's attention. He's like, dude, home. Hey, ha, da, 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 da. And then finally the guy turns around and acknowledges Buck, the ghost. And that's when Will is like, what does he have to do with me? I don't know who he is. And this guy who gets on um, is named Frick. And Frick is like, yeah, no, I'm here because Buck killed me. Or maybe maybe Frick killed Buck. Which, wait, hold on. Now I gotta know which which one killed which. I mean, I guess it really doesn't, it doesn't actually, like, add any. There's not too much to the story. Hmm. Oh yeah. So Frick is the one who killed Buck. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um. But so then, and Will is like, "What?" And he like, because like Frick and Buck are like hugging each other, and he's like, "Oh, he killed you! Like, why are you happy?" And they're like, "Eh, it's it is what it is." And then it's like, and then it's the same thing where it's they killed the wrong person. Like this happens like again, or they like so Frick was trying to get in with the sundowns. Um, and to get in, you either had to, you had like rob somebody, you had to beat somebody up really bad or ideally kill them. But he had been tasked, um, because they had, they, they liked puns. So it was, oh shoot, I wish I could find what the heck they, hang on, I'm going to find it because it just made me laugh because at somewhere in there, they're like, oh yeah, also be part of the sun's downs. Uh, you had to be corny and it, it just made me laugh. Oh, shoot. It was, I can't remember. I can't find it now. Oh, The Shining. Oh, they're Dark Dean. Okay, yeah. So to become an Owen is Dark Sons, not the Sundowns. I've been saying that wrong the whole time. Okay, so the gang is called the Dark Sons. Oh. And how to become a Dark Sun 
is that you had to be on their turf. Um, and then you had to have the shining, which is a cigarette burn under your mm. right eye. And then you had to do a Ow. dark. Yeah, it sounds terrible. Like, it was, I, like horrible. Like worst case scenario, anything happens to my face. I get really dry skin right under my eye, and like <laughs> it like hurts. I can't imagine. Like, do you feel hurts. triggered right now? <laughs> a little bit. Um, <laughs> and then the third thing that they have to do is called a dark deed, uh, which is robbing somebody, beating somebody, or the worst, killing somebody. And then it goes note. Apparently, you also got to be corny because it's a dark deed and you're a dark son. It just made me giggle. But yeah, so this kid, guy named Frick, he was assigned with robbing Buck because Buck liked to go and he like robbed like rich folk and he always had all these jewelry and he like talked a lot. So everyone always knew about it. Um, so when Frick shows up to like rob Buck, Buck kind of like puts up a fight. He's like, no, like I'm not going to give you any shit. And so Frick panics and he kills him. Well, then, of course, it, like, starts off this whole chain thing. Um, Murder. Yeah, and Frick was like, I didn't mean to do it, like, and I wasn't supposed to. And then kind of looks at Will's dad, Will's uncle, and they're both just like, and they're both just like, no judgment here. Like, we've all done things we didn't mean to do, kind of a thing. Shit happens, Joe. Yeah. And so then the elevator stops, and you're on floor two now. And at this time, nobody, like, Nobody, like, necessarily walks in right away, and the door kind of starts to close, and you think maybe he'll get away with it, and then the little fingers reach right in and stop the elevator. Like, you know when you're in a hurry to get up and somebody stops your damn elevator? So that happens. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. And then the person who walks on is Sean, Will's dead brother, still wearing the clothes he was shot in. (gasps) He doesn't say anything to Will. You know, he goes and he says hi to his dad, says hi to his uncle, doesn't really say anything to Will at all. Um, and they just kind of like stare at each other. Um, and then Will just starts telling him about how he got the gun out of the drawer and how he knows that it was Riggs and he's got to follow the rules. Um, but then like one tear falls down and he's like, but it was just one tear, so it doesn't count as crying. Um, and so he's explaining to Sean, he's like, yeah, he's like, I didn't cry, I didn't snitch, and he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm following rule number three, he's like, I knew it was Riggs, I told him I thought it was Riggs, I told him I knew it was Riggs, um, and so then he confesses to Sean that he's, like, scared, and he doesn't know, and, like, the rules are right, and I have to do all these things right, and this is what I gotta do, and then, um, uh, Sean basically always, all he says is, he's like, I thought I told you not to cry, like, that's rule number one, don't cry. And so then the elevator just kind of, like, keeps going down. And then uh, they basically get to, like, the lobby floor, floor one there. And there's, like, Sean never, like, lit his own cigarette. Um, and then I'm honestly, I basically already told this entire story, so I'm just going to finish it because it's literally the last page. Um, it gets to the lobby, and everyone kind of looks around, and Sean steps off, and he turns back and looks at Will and says, You coming? And, like, that's where it ends. So, like, wow, you have have no idea if Will, like, decides to follow through. Because, like, the entire, like, this whole, like, 60-second elevator ride down, he's seeing all of these things about all these people. And, like, he basically sees his future, right? Like, he's going to kill this person. Somebody else is going to get revenge and kill him. And that's it. It's like. It's like how your life flashes before your eyes, but your future flashes before your eyes, considering how quickly it happens. And he gets to interact with, like, all these people, and yeah, so it was, 
It was, I honestly, I would give this one, I would give it a five out of five. Like, it was, it was super weird. It was not at all, like, so I just, I, super weird. Because I was like, oh, I was like, okay, a book that, the entire book takes place in 60 seconds, like, that's weird, sign me up. And I get it, and I'm kind of, like, flipping through it, and I was like, what is, like, it's all, like, semi-poems, but, like, not poems, but sort of raps, but not necessarily always. Like, there's literally one, so the one where it's Will ask Sean if the rules are right. He's like, the rules rules are right, right? And then it makes an entire question mark that says, right, 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 like, all in questions. <sighs> yeah, it's, it, it's wow. definitely one that makes you think. It's kind of a ride. Yeah. I honestly was also annoyed that at the end, you don't know what Will decides. It doesn't wrap up. Will just hits the lobby. Like, does he yeah. back up to the eighth floor? Does he get on the stairs? Does he go kill Riggs? You have no idea. And, like, when he, like, snuck out to get on the, like, to go down the elevator to kill Riggs, like, he never, like, told his mom he was leaving. And at one point, oh, yeah, at one point when he's talking to his Uncle Mark, because his, his uncle liked to make movies, he's like, all right, like, tell me how the movie goes. So, you know, you, like, you go down, you get off the elevator, you go to the nine blocks, you knock on his you ring the bell at the apartment you shoot him or you point the gun at him and then what happens and his like uncle makes him say that he shoots him he's like okay now what and will's like well the movie ends and he's like that's that's where the movie ends you shoot him and the movie ends and will's like yeah but you're like well obviously not because you have to like leave and go home and try not to go to prison and try not to get yeah, killed prison would be ideal yeah, you're just, yeah, I don't know. It was a crazy, for a 45-minute read, it was a crazy ride. It seriously was. Like, that was like a trip. Yeah, I don't know that I would necessarily recommend purchasing it because it's a 45-minute read, but get it from the library and see. But, yeah, either way, he has a couple other books out that I saw that also looked really good, and just, I love the concept that he literally didn't read a book until he was 17. Like, that's just freaking bananas. That blows my mind because yeah. I came home on the first day of kindergarten literally in tears because they hadn't taught me how to read yet. I was so upset. <laughs> like, I was like, kindergarten is too hard. They just want us to color. I want to read. I want to do something you harder than coloring. I, I would read. read. <laughs> coloring is not the same i want to do something more challenging i was an overachiever so like i can't even imagine i know i was the cutest i think the first day at kindergarten we played with like velcro we colored and i freaking hated it i don't i honestly don't remember any of it other than like the pictures that i have and the only pictures i have are with me and like the two boys that i was friends with and we had to play with like the velcro shapes i made houses i met my best friend so that's why i remember well, I should fancy. Anyways. Yeah. So hope you guys like. Yeah, we did it. Episode 16 is Marathon done. recording over. That's true. We did that. We branched out. So proud. <laughs> we read some books that we don't typically. I hope you all noticed there was no. Well, no, I did have a murder, but not like a normal murder. There's no thrillers. There was. No dystopian future. I had no murder either. Mine was totally unique. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I technically had a murder, but I don't feel like it was like my normal. Like we knew it was Briggs. Yours was unique for sure. From the very beginning, it was Briggs. But yeah, so I'll, I'll definitely post some of those pictures after, just so everybody can kind of get an idea of like what these pages are actually like. Because it, it was 
it's a, it was a completely different reading experience than I've ever had before. So for sure. And I think it, yeah, he did a really good job. So yeah. Anyways, everybody, if you like it, like what you hear, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Uh, tell your mom. Moms are good listeners. My mom's a best listener. Yeah, we're always about moms listening, dads listening. Get your uncle. My dad might listen. I don't know. He would never tell me. Oh, I don't. I don't think my dad knows what podcasts are. I'm not sure my notes. Actually, you know what, Dad? If you're listening and you do, I'm sorry. Thanks. I'm sorry too. Also, really, I just I- didn't know if you knew what a podcast was, so I figured we wouldn't talk about it. I'm more surprised that you haven't reached out and told me you loved it. Rude. There's that. Anyways, uh, you guys, if you all listeners like it because we love you and we appreciate you, you can so much love. Reach out on Twitter, IIPYB underscore pod, or on the Instas at Is the Pastor Bedtime. Shoot us a Gmail at Is the Pastor Bedtime at the gmail.com. And yeah, we will talk all at you guys in. Well, I mean, I guess you'll get one more mini episode after this, but our next full fledged one. It'll be right around my birthday. Yeah, it'll be right before. We have and- March birthdays all up in here, so mm-hmm. get excited March for the March episodes. Like a big birthday month. A lot yeah. of birthday books. Just be prepared. We'll be a lot of random stuff. Yeah, but our celebrate. next one after this, it'll be the end of February, and we are doing blind date with a book. Yes. So we each have picked a friend who also reads like we do, and we are going to ask them to pick two or three books that they think we might like and describe them in like three or four sentences you know we talked about this like four hours ago and i already asked my friend so i'm already ready oh well i have not so i'll do that tomorrow so we're gonna have them just describe it super short and based only on those descriptions just like if your friend was trying to set you up with somebody and they're like yeah no he's super great he rock climbs and he owns his own house and his debt income ratio is really good (laughs) you know then you could pick him or her or whoever so we're gonna do that so we're not gonna know anything else about the book so it'll be exciting i'm excited yeah i like playing dates this sounds interesting i've never gone on one. something new me neither but it sounds like a interesting experience i'm for it it sounds like a safe start with the book so (laughs) anyway Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye.